Good evening, social media. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship. We thank you once again to come to you with our weekly message coming from the word. And we thank you for listening to us. And we like I said, once again, we pray we're being a blessing to you as we come through your devices and, and just speak the word of God to you. Now, last week we started a, a series. Um, we started talking about understanding righteousness. Understanding understanding righteousness, and we dealt with understanding righteousness. The title was Righteousness is not right doing, but right being. So your righteousness does not come by you doing right under this covenant of grace. Okay. We specifically talking about under this new covenant now. We under the covenant of grace when Jesus came and died for our sins. And now we are under grace. Okay. And under grace, righteousness is different than under the old covenant, which was the Mosaic law. Okay. Under the Mosaic law, you had to earn your righteousness by your behavior. Otherwise, you did good, you got good. But when Jesus came along, and died for our sins, made us, put us in right relationship with the Father. Now, those who put their trust in Jesus, we are made righteous. As we talked about that, you are made righteous, okay, by what Jesus did on the cross. Okay, so it's different. Okay, this different. Okay, and we still have a lot of churches that teach, you know, Hey, yeah, you get saved, but you know what? If you misbehave or if you miss the mark somewhere and, and if you don't repent of it or ask forgiveness of it, then you stop being righteous. And that's not what the Bible teaches under this new covenant. And we're going to get into that as we continue to go through this series. But we want to understand the righteousness that comes by faith. Okay, this is what we're trying to really get you to understand the righteousness that comes by faith. Now, the biggest thing, uh, the problem with teaching this, or people have problem with people who teach this, is that they think, well, you know what? You're giving people a license to sin. That's the biggest thing. You're saying that, okay, I receive righteousness by faith, and I can go out here and just do whatever I want, say what I want, live in the kind of lifestyle. No, that's not what we're teaching because once you under grace once you receive by grace grace don't teach you to sin more grace actually teach you to sin less when you understand what grace is and what jesus has done for you so we're gonna get into this tonight and we're gonna start off um by saying okay what what you know first of all what is a gift okay what is the gift? When you, when you give somebody a gift, a gift is given to somebody freely. Uh, they don't earn it, as we said. If it's a gift, they can't earn it. It's given to them, okay? And you don't take it back, okay? Because why? You, you can't earn a gift. If you can earn a gift, it's not a gift, okay? So whenever you receive a gift, it's given to you by another person, with no strings attached. Now it says, why, why do we give gifts? Okay, we give gifts as a symbol of our love, 
commitment and care for others. Okay. Now, mind you, this is the picture of Jesus. God gave us this gift of righteousness. Okay. Why? Because he loves us. He loves us. And he's committed to us. And he cares for us. So that's why you give a gift to somebody. Because you care for them. You love them. You say, here, this is for you. I was thinking about you. And you know what? This is, I just want to be a blessing to you or express my love for you. I give you this gift. This is what Jesus did when he died on the cross. He gave everything that's under grace as the gift. But we're specifically talking about righteousness. Righteousness, because people, you maybe you're struggling with, you know what? Um, God doesn't like me because I keep missing the mark. God will never receive me. Because you know what? I keep making mistakes over and over and over again. And so what? I don't want to really come to Christ. Okay. Because you know what? All I'm going to do is make a mistake next day. No, when you really come to Christ and you really receive your person saying, yeah, you're going to miss the mark. We all, I've been saved for years now. Ever since I was 10 years old and I'm still missing the mark. Okay. But that does not stop my righteousness does not stop me from being right. God didn't take my righteousness every time I missed the mark. Because if that was the case, none of us would really go to heaven. None of us would be declared righteous. But what happens is there are denominations and there are there's a, a part of the body of Christ that teach, you know what? You got to dot every eye and cross every T. You know, you got to walk this straight line. And this is not what God teaches under this covenant of grace. Okay, so we, we we frustrate the grace of God in our lives when we look for to ourselves and try by our own effort to make ourselves righteous before God. But we can't work for, for or merit righteousness from God. We can only receive righteousness as a free gift from him. See, we frustrate the grace. It says, no, we frustrate the grace of God. Okay, well, in a lot, when we look at ourselves and try by our own effort to make ourselves righteous before God, you frustrate it. Otherwise, what are you saying? You're getting in the way. You're getting in the way of God doing a work in you. You're frustrated because you can only receive this righteousness as a free gift. You can't earn it. Okay, you can only receive this gift of righteousness that Jesus gave as a free gift. Otherwise, you frustrate. In other words, when you you get in the way of, of God doing a work in you. So let me read again. It said we frustrate the grace of God in our lives when we look to ourselves and try by our own efforts to make ourselves right before God. You can't make yourself right before God. There's nothing you can do. Nothing you can do. Because in order to be right for God, guess what? You have to be perfect. You got to dot your eye and cross it. You can't miss the mark. But guess what? Jesus was perfect for us. So this is why you receive the righteousness that he purchased on the cross by faith. This is the free gift. See, we struggle with receiving a gift, receiving the free gift. We struggle with that, okay? Sometimes there are people, maybe that's you, have a hard time receiving things from people. 
because you think, well, you know what, this this can't be true. No, and this, and maybe you believe in this. You said, well, you listen to me right now, and you're saying, you know, this can't be true. This can't be true because you mean tell me I don't have to do anything to be righteous. You mean you tell me this God is going to receive me? I like to receive. It. Yes, that's what I'm telling you. If you just receive it by faith, this free gift of righteousness, He made you righteous, and we're gonna get into that scripture. But His righteousness is free to us. But it costs him dearly. Let me say it again. His righteousness is free to us, but it costs him dearly. Okay. He paid for it with the, the life and blood of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. And it is a gift that can only be given freely because it isn't cheap. But truly because it's priceless. Okay. So it is a gift that can only be given free because because. It's, it, is, it isn't cheap, but it's, it, is, it is because it is priceless. This gift of righteousness is priceless. It ain't cheap, y'all. Jesus gave his life so that we can have this gift. So it ain't cheap. So anytime a person that claims they're righteous, they have, they have received the right by faith, but just go out and live any kind of lifestyle they want, then you, you're kind of trampling this gift under your foot. Okay, you you actually saying it's worthless. If you can just go out and live any kind of way and live a sinless life after receiving this gift right from Jesus and all that he paid for, then then you are telling the world that this righteousness is cheap. See, you I, this is the thing about this right. This righteousness is great. It's if you believe right, you're gonna live right. If you believe that this righteousness was given to you, when you understand, you get a revelation of what Jesus has done for you, all that he paid for you, the, the awesome price. As I said, this gift will be deemed to you as priceless. You'd be saying, what a mighty God we serve. What an awesome God we serve that he would do this for me. Okay, that he would give his life for me in exchange and he gives me his righteousness, his perfection. He gave it to us. It won't cheap. Okay. It's free to us, but it cost Jesus dearly. It cost him his life. He shed his blood for the whole world. And that includes you and me. Pay with it with his life and his blood. Jesus did that. So understand this ain't cheap. This is not cheap. This is a priceless gift. If you ever known somebody to give you a priceless gift, otherwise you can't even place a value on this. Okay? You can't even place a value on what God did for us. See, here's the thing. You determine how valuable a gift is. Let me say that. You determine how valuable a gift is. It can cost you, you know, $10. The person who purchased it, $10. But if that gift is precious to you, okay, that it doesn't matter how much it costs. It is, you place a huge value on what you deem as priceless. It's not, not about the monetary, the money. You determine. So my question to you tonight is how important, how important is Jesus dying for your sins for you? How do you really look at that?
is he worthy enough in your life? Do you value him enough to say, you know what? Look at what Jesus done for me. And he gave me this righteousness free. But it cost him everything. Cost him everything. So it's free to us, but it cost him everything. So understand this ain't cheap. But all you got to do is receive it by faith. Okay, receive it by faith. So let's look at the foundation of the scripture tonight that I want to lift up to really, um, you know, point to what I'm trying to get you to understand tonight is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Okay. And it says, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the orphan for our sin so that we might be made right with God through Jesus. Read again. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we might be made right with God through Christ Jesus. Now let me read that from the New Living Translation. That's, that's from the King James. That is from the King James. I want to read it from the New Living Translation. It really makes it very, very plain. And it says, in a new living trend, it says, for God made Christ who never sinned to be an offer of our sins so that we might be made the righteous of God through Christ Jesus. He made. Okay. God made Christ sin who had never sinned, it says here, to be an offering for our sin. Okay. This is what he did. In order for a person to pay the price for sin's redemption, he or she must first be sinless. Okay, so in order for this to be the pay the price for sin's redemption, you had to be sinless. If Jesus had not been sinless, a savior would have been required to die for him. Okay, but how could Jesus escape the sin? That had been passed down from Adam. So, this is in order to pay the price of sin, the person had to be sinless. You couldn't be in sin and pay for sin. Because why? Because you're in debt too. So, the person had to be sinless. So, if Jesus had not been sinless, then he would have needed a savior too, just like we did. So, so how? How did Jesus escape the sin nature? Because guess what? We're all, the Bible said we're all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Okay. Every person that's born after Adam, sin, was born with a sinful nature. See, this is what you need to understand. Let me bring this so you can understand. What makes you a sinner? I'm going to ask you the question. What makes a person a sinner? Does their behavior make them a sinner? Because well, listen to what I just said. It says when you're born, you're a sinner. Okay, so the question you need to ask yourself is, does my behavior make me a sinner? Well, that can't be true because if you're born a sinner, 
then your behavior can't make you a sinner because you're born that way. Okay, you you don't you don't sin when you come out the womb. You do you have no no actions. You have nothing to go by that the, the clavier sinner. No, you're born with a sinful, fallen nature. So that's what makes you a sinner. Okay, that's what makes you a sinner. But so how did Jesus escape this, this sin nature that passed from Adam? Okay, well, let's, let's read Romans. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 states this. It says, whereby as... As by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed through all men for that all have sin. So Adam brought that in. Everybody now after Adam, sin came in the world through Adam. Okay. And so everybody after Adam was born with a sinful nature. So how did Jesus escape this? Well, the answer to that question lies within the, the truth of the virgin birth. Okay. It was the seed of the woman, not the man, that God said that will crush the head of Satan. It was the virgin birth that guaranteed the sinless nature of Jesus and omitted the fallen, amatic nature that would have been passed down through Adam if Jesus had a human father. So Jesus didn't have a human father. He was born of a virgin. So it was a supernatural birth. The only one that ever was born this way. So this is how he was able to redeem us from our sin. This is how he was born perfect because he was born of a virgin. Okay. He had no, you know, human father word that, in other words, we know how babies come in. Where man to man, they have intercourse. And a baby is conceived through a man and woman having sexual intercourse. But the thing is, this wasn't the case with Jesus. Okay, the Holy Spirit impregnated Mary. This is how he was able to be declared sinless. We know we didn't have any sinful actions. Whether you believe that or not, he had no sins, his actions. So this is where we go into where 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21 says, For God made Christ who never sinned. He had to be made a sinner. He had, because he had never sinned. Now, typically, Christians have accepted the first part of this verse, but reject the second half. They believe Jesus bore sins for us all, but don't believe he actually made us righteous. They relegate that to something that happens off in the future and eternity. So it's the thing, we have, we have no problem with the first part of this verse, that Jesus was made a sin offering for us. We have no problem in that. We have no problem believing because this is what preached from a lot of pulpits every Sunday, that Jesus died for your sins. Okay, that Jesus paid for your sins. All you have to do is, is receive him as your savior and your sins are forgiven. This is preached probably on a Sunday, the Sunday basis. Somebody's preaching that and that's true, but they're only telling half of it. See, we have no problem believing that we were in sin. 
We have no problem believing that. Why? Because when we look at our behavior, we say, I mess up all the time. But we have we don't want to receive the second part of this verse, which says, okay, he became so that we might be made the righteous of God through Jesus Christ. The same way Jesus was made a sinner and he didn't do anything wrong is the same way that you are made righteous and you didn't do anything right. See, man, you can get to this revelation. This is so powerful. That's why I said this is why if you can understand, you can receive this by faith. Man, this will change your life. I mean, this changed my whole life. To understand the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. To know that I've been made. There's nothing I can do. Even though I do a lot of good things, but I still miss the mark. But knowing that, hey, even when I missed the mark, I'm still righteous because I was made righteous. I didn't do anything to become righteous. It, all I got to do is receive this gift. Okay, just, just receive the gift. Okay, but they, they relegate this to something that happens in the future. We say, yeah, I'll be righteous when I see Jesus. Well, that's not wrong, but you're righteous now. The moment you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are righteous. And guess what? It is a gift and it, was never, it will never be taken away from you. The moment you receive him as your savior. Okay. However, here's what Paul said. However, Paul made the forgiveness of sin and our becoming righteous a package deal. Okay. So this is the package deal. Not only have your sins I have been forgiven, but you have become righteous by putting your faith in Jesus. So that is to say that if one part is true, then the other part is true. So you can't, let me say it. You don't want to believe one part and then ignore the other part. This is the package deal. Your sins have been forgiven, past, present, and future. And guess what? You have been made righteous. All this came by faith. The same way you receive your forgiveness by faith is the same way you receive your righteousness by faith. Matter of fact, everything under grace is received by faith as a gift. So it's a package deal. So you can't say one part is true and the other part is not true. Okay, it's, it's like a corn. A corn has two sides. You can't have only heads or only tails with a corn. Okay, you get all corns have both sides. Likewise, any person who accepts that Jesus paid for our sins also has to accept that he made us righteous. See, you, you can't, you, you know, your corn has two sides. You don't want to accept one part and ignore the other part. Act like the other part because just both parts are true because as I said, it, it is a package deal. It comes as a package. One comes with the other. I've been forgiven for my sins. Okay. And I also been made righteous. So you may be asked the question, well, how, how can I, who did no right, be made righteous? See, that, that's the question that we struggle with. Why? Because you're looking at your behavior. We're trained to look at our behavior and says, how can I be righteous when I have no rights, when I constantly mess up? 
Okay, so here's the if you ask yourself that question, you say, Well, how can how who who deal who how can I be righteous when I don't do anything right? Who did how can I who did no right be made righteous? Well, you need to ask this question. How could Jesus, who knew no sin, become sin on the cross for me? You gotta ask that question too. He knew no sin, the Bible says. It says in that verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He who knew no sin became a sin offering for us. How did Jesus become a sinner? He didn't, he didn't make any mistakes. Well, he was made a sinner for on our behalf to become a sin offering for us. The same way that you who did no right became righteous by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus had no sin on his own, but on the cross, he received all our sin. Yes, he did. Likewise, you and I had no righteous of our own. But we receive Jesus' righteousness when we believe in him. Just, just, I just, I'm, I know I'm speaking to something. Just receive it tonight. Receive it by faith. Just declare, you know what? If you're not saved, receive now as your personal savior. Believe that he died on the cross for you. And then it said, just declare out of your mouth that, you know what, God, I thank you for making me right. I receive your righteousness by faith on today. As I said last night to the spouse who, when you have an argument with your wife, you don't stop being righteous. Just declare, you know what, matter of fact, when you believe that, then you're going to go to that spouse and apologize. Or you, if you make a mistake or hurt somebody, you're going to go and ponder that if you miss the mark somewhere, you're going to correct that mistake because you're going to say, I'm righteous. Okay. You're just not going to continue down that path. When you understand who you are and right, you receive by faith, things are going to change. As I said, right believing produces right living. When you believe right, which means believe that you've been made righteous by faith, then you're going to live right. But a lot of times people, they don't, live right because they don't believe right. So at the cross, Jesus took all our sin and in exchange gave us his perfection, his perfect everlasting righteousness. This is what he gave it. He made an exchange. He said, I'm going to take your sin and you take my righteousness. So this righteousness that we have received, this writing that we have received a result of our own works or whether his work. So the writing that we receive by grace, is it our results? Is it our doing? Is it your effort or is it received by faith? Is it what Jesus did on the cross? So clearly this writing is the result of his work, not yours, his work. And we receive this writing solely through his grace. So if you believe that you're righteous because of your own doing, your own ability, your own sacrifices, then this is this is not the, the, the righteousness that Jesus paid for us under grace. Because guess what? Then you take all the credit. If you're patting yourself on the back because you live holier than somebody else, you feel like 
And see, this is where we get the pointing fingers because if somebody's not doing it like us, then we tend to put ourselves on a pedestal and then we look, we condemn them because they're not living like we living. And so therefore we consider ourselves better than them. And that's not what God wants. Yeah, you may, but you only able to do what you do. The righteous, the holiness, the righteousness that you have, you only able because God gave you the ability to do it. It was him and him alone. And guess what? You don't stop being righteous because you missed smart. Because guess what? When did when does Jesus stop being righteous? He never stopped being righteous. Well, if he never stopped being righteous, then you you never stop being righteous. This is the righteousness that comes by faith. Because you received it by faith. You didn't do anything to get it. You didn't do anything to get it. So guess what? You don't have to do anything to keep it. Same thing with your salvation. You didn't do anything. You couldn't save yourself. You didn't do anything to save yourself. Okay, so guess what? What can you do to lose it? You didn't do anything. You received it by faith. And I know I'm saying some people, I'm making some people mad because they're saying, well, you know what? Now you say once saved, always saved. Well, the Bible don't say that, but the Bible says once does say in Ephesians, once sealed, always sealed. Because it says, what well, we are sealed unto the day of redemption. We're sealed. And so people get saved. So use this righteousness is by faith. You believe, then it's yours. It is a gift. And then when a gift is given, and so you understand there's no middle of the road here. Either you are either righteous by God's unmerited favor. Or you are righteous by married righteousness of your own works. There's no middle of the road. Okay. So either you're righteous by faith or you're righteous by your own actions. Either, either you are depending on Jesus or you're depending on yourself. I don't know about you. I can't depend on me because Eric is going to mess up. And you can't depend on yourself. If you're depending on yourself to maintain your rights, to maintain your right standing with God, then you're going to fall. You're going to miss tomorrow. Again, you can't do it. But I don't know about you. I'm depending on Jesus because Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. He paid for it all. And so I'm depending on Jesus. I trust in what he did. Okay, now trusting once again, I'm gonna say it again. I know somebody's is gonna is upset because they said, Yeah, he just giving these people license to sin. No, that's not what I'm doing. I'm saying when you trust in Jesus and have faith that you that and what he did on Calvary was enough, then guess what? You're gonna live your life to glorify him. And go, don't get me wrong, this is the growing process. Nobody's it's going to get it right all right all overnight. And then even after we begin to walk with God, we still going to all be constantly be growing and growing in this grace. But understanding that you have you have to solely depend on 
Jesus, not in your own ability. Okay, so either you're depending on Jesus or you're depending on yourself because Jesus paid so dearly for you that to have your own, his own righteousness. Jesus paid so you can have his righteousness. Okay, you can you can cease from your own efforts to be made righteous in God's eyes. You can cease. I want to let you know, stop trying to be good enough. Stop trying to be good enough. See, uh, let me examine. This is what you need to put. This is the prayer you need to pray. It says, okay, God, you know what? I can't be. I receive your righteousness as by faith. But God, I can't be righteous on my own. So I'm depending on you, God, to work through me that I may live the life that you called me to live, to live the righteous life. But I believe by faith that I've been made righteous by you. Now, God, help me to live out the lifestyle, the holy life, the righteous lifestyle that you've called me to live. So what are you doing? You're depending on him. But yet you believe in what he did. Now you have to, as the Bible says, work out your soul. Salvation. What is it talking about? It's like exercise. Exercise. Everybody got a muscle. Everybody got a bicep. Okay. But some people don't work their muscle out. So guess what? It don't grow. It don't develop. Okay. If you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you receive it. You've been saved. You've been made righteous. Now, you trust in Jesus to help you work that thing out in your life that people may, the Bible says, let your light so shine that others may see your good deeds and glorify the Father which is in heaven. So see some of your own efforts to be made righteous in God. Today, God wants you to simply believe that you are righteous in Christ and expect the blessing of the righteous to be manifested in your life. So when you believe that you're righteous, then you didn't expect the blessings of righteousness to be manifested in your life. They're going to mess with it, but you have to believe first. Man, this is just so... I know this it seems so simple, but we it's so simple. We miss it. We miss it because we have been trained to do things, to try to earn things, to try to earn favor with God, to try to be good enough for God. But God says, all I want you to do is just be a little child and receive and trust in what I said. Believe in who I say you are. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I made you righteous. I made you holy. Okay? I made you all those things. Receive it by faith tonight. I want you to receive it. And just watch God do wonders in your life as you receive this gift by faith. Man, that's this, this is just awesome. I pray that you are receiving tonight. Receive it. We're going to continue to just explore this and break it down. But I think we need to really get this. I believe, as I said, I believe the body of Christ would get this. I think we, it would really change the way we live, the way we do things. But you have to believe that you've been made righteous. Let me pray for Father God in the name of you. I pray for every ear uh, that's listening on tonight. God, I pray that they will receive your righteousness by faith. 
understanding God, there's nothing they can do to earn your righteousness. But the moment they put their trust in your son, Jesus, that they have been made righteous, that they receive it by faith and begin, as they receive that, they begin to walk it out in their life. God, I think you paid an awesome price for it. This is, this gift of righteousness is a priceless gift. God, it wasn't cheap because you shed your blood for us. But I come against that spirit of condemnation, that spirit that condemns that person, even when they miss the mark. But God, I pray that you would give them the fortitude and the determination, even when they miss the mark, that they would not um, speak against their identity, that they will hold fast to what you call them righteous and holy and loving and beautiful and kind and passionate. Hold on to those things, God, that you have spoken to their life through your word and that we receive it by faith. And God, I thank you for giving us the ability, giving them the ability to walk it out that people may see, okay, see the good works that they're doing and glorify the Father which is in heaven. I thank you for, for that that couple that's struggling, God, that, that spouse that's having a hard time, that on the verge of divorce. I pray that you will speak to both of them, God, and give them a revelation in your word about your righteousness and who they are. Those that don't know you, God, that are condemned, that the world have condemned, the world have thrown away. I pray that you would just, your word ministers in the night and let you know that you love them and that you paid an awesome price for them and that they received this by faith. And for God, I give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Thank you for what you're doing through these airways. In the name of Jesus, touching every life. God, thank you for your Holy Spirit ministering to those who hear this word. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Once again, I thank you for listening tonight. We'll be back again with you next week on understanding righteousness. Once again, if you like this video, share it with a family member that you know need it. We'll begin to pray for them. If you need prayer, you can call us, text us. And we will begin to pray for you with your areas that you need help in. And we will lift you up in prayer. And we also invite you to listen to our Bible studies on Thursday nights at 7. So once again, we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye.